And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I want to pray and then we'll go on today. Lord, we ask that you be with us. Help me to speak and say and think clearly what you'd have said today and that your word would be what we hear and that you would uh, use your word and bless the reading and teaching of your word through your Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, I want to point out here something that we know in other places of the Bible is the gospel. The word gospel is the good news. And when we say the gospel, the biblical gospel, there's all kinds of different gospels now that might be good news for somebody. But the true good news, the real good news, is the salvation of our soul, eternal life forever and ever. That is the good news that is most important. You might tell your neighbors, there's good news, uh, chicken is on sale this week, or good news, gas is down to $6 a gallon. Good news, uh, the weather is above zero, uh, or something like that. There's lots of good news that we can share with somebody, but the only good news that really matters, and the only good news that you and I have been told to share, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what the angels did it says here in verse uh, number 11 for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior which is christ the lord <clears throat> verse verse 10 tells us that it was good tidings that's the gospel that's the idea and mark 16:15 says go into all the world and preach the gospel. And as Brother Bill was saying in his letter a little bit ago, that's exactly his heart. That's why he's talking about South Africa. That's why he's talking about India. That's why we have missionaries and we have a missions map because it is our job. And we don't do it all physically ourselves. We send others to help and to be kind of a, a, a branch of our own ministry to preach the gospel to every creature. And so God sent these angels to tell them of the good news. But since Jesus died and rose again, he gave to his church, you and I, the job of preaching the gospel and sharing the good news. Now, what is the good news? Again, verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a new president. No, for unto you is born in the city of David, a savior, a deliverer, a deliverer from what? A deliverer from sin. 
no matter what and no matter how much good news you can get in your lifetime, if you've never been delivered of sin, you didn't get the good news you needed the most. And so deliverer from sin. One of the wonderful things about being saved is I have been forgiven. I have been paid for. I have been delivered from the sin and the penalty of sin. And as we were saying last week, I'm even delivered from some of the power of sin. I still am a sinner and I still have things in my life that are bad habits or things that are temptations and things that can overcome. But I'm telling you right now, through the gospel and through salvation, we can be delivered from sin and praise God, delivered ultimately from the sin of unbelief that sends us to hell. The deliverer from sin. And then not only sin, but Satan. Satan no longer owns me. Satan will no longer be who I will be with in hell. Satan will not have power over me. I can, I can conquer through Christ and through his blood. Even say, and the world, a deliverer from this present world. This world is oppressive. This world is, is full of despair and discouragement. Full of frustrations and, and uh, uh, depression that people go through. I saw something last night. I read it to my wife. If you feel depressed and discouraged, just go for a run. Just start running. <clears throat> because then after you do that, you'll be more physically depressed than you are mentally depressed. <laughs> the truth is we're all sometimes discouraged and depressed. And we can be defeated. But praise God that he gives us deliverance from this world. I, I guess negative news sells more than positive because it seems to be all negative all the time. I don't think everything's negative, but that just seems to be what we hear. But the good news makes it even that more exciting because if it is negative and uh, someone said it's getting dark in this world, and I agree, it does seem to get dark. But isn't it interesting, at least in our hemisphere, at the darkest week of our hemisphere, the light came. At least we celebrate that he came. And, and so no matter how dark it is in this world, he's delivered us and we don't have to be under the circumstances. Okay. We, 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 we don't have to be under, like the world is, your neighbor that's not a Christian, your coworker, they're under the circumstances. I was just saying, you know, we're talking about real estate prices and how the people want to live here and young families want to live. It's tough, but I got good news. God's bigger than even real estate prices. God's bigger. If God has a plan, he'll make it happen. And I know that he's delivered from sin. He's delivered from Satan. He's delivered from the, the world. He's delivered from fear. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. It's awesome to fear God instead of people. When you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. When you fear God, the fear of man is not a big deal anymore. Some people, in fact, not just some, lots of people are absolutely scared of people. Delivered from the fear of people, the fear of things, the fear of death, the fear of whatever. And condemnation, delivering me from the condemnation. As it says in Romans 5, I'm justified and there is no condemnation. Romans 8, I'm, I'm justified. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So he's the Savior, which is a deliverer. And he is Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. There were actually, and still even today, many Jesuses or Jesuses, but only one Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the promised Messiah. And not only Messiah, but also the Lord, Master, Supreme Authority. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. 
He is Lord. He is King of Angels. I, I, we sang that a little bit ago, King of Angels. But you know what? One angel by himself killed 185,000 people one time. He is King of the Angels. He's the authority. And notice also how cool this is. This is wonderful good news. Because for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Born meaning he's now human. He who was always God and always king and always supreme master and ruler is now becoming human so that you shepherds can relate to him. So that you humans can understand and relate to him. He purposely was born in a barn and born lowly, human. That's wonderful good news. Do you think the shepherds would have been as excited if they'd have said, for unto you is born this day a prince in the palace? The shepherds would have said, well, that's nice to know, but there ain't no way I'm going to go to the king's palace. They'll never let us in there. But when they said, you'll find him in a manger, (laughs) shepherds are welcome at a manger. That's why he was born where he was, so that he could be accessed by all levels of humanity and all classes What a wonderful thing that he became flesh. It says in John 1, he came unto his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him to them gave you power to become the sons of God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. What an awesome thing that God would become man. I'll try to liken it, but it won't be a good comparison. That's like you or me trying to become a tiny little gnat so that we could communicate with the other gnats. I don't know about you, but every time I see a gnat, I usually do one thing. Squish. And God became one of his creations. Human. Humbling himself to be a servant, to be humble and have to be human. What a wonderful good news it is. And unto you, personal. He's a personal savior. Jesus died on the cross and came to this earth to do such for you, every individual. We were talking about last week, God has no grandchildren. What does that mean? You don't get to heaven based on what your parents' relationship to God was. It's an individual, one-on-one, personal adoption. doesn't matter what your parents thought. It has to be personal unto you. And then it says in verse 10, good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. He's a universal savior. He's for all people. There's no racism or prejudice here. All people, every shade of skin color, every culture, dialect, he is for all people, the universal savior. And then notice verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, Peace, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth. You know, there are some Bible versions that say peace on earth or, and goodwill to all men whom he favors or men on whom his favor rests. I, I don't like that at all because the, the coming of Christ was goodwill toward all men. God is not willing that any should perish. When it reads, 
on whom his favor rests, it makes it sound like he's got certain select people. Now, once you get saved, you're part of the elect, no doubt about that. But he, he died for the world. He tasted death for every man. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But peace on earth. Turn with me, and I want to show you some things concerning peace on earth. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Well, pastor, if, if, if it's supposed to be peace on earth, then obviously he failed because there isn't peace on earth. Well, there is. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I dare say that there's at least one person in here that used to have a war inside your heart and an unsettled, guilty burden that you carried because there was no peace until the day that you got justified. Until the day that you got saved. And the peace that passes all understanding was able to settle that inside. No longer am I condemned. No longer am I fearful of what happens now because I've been justified by faith. And being justified by faith, I have peace with God. You see, the human nature knows even though they deny it many times, they know they're going to stand before their maker. At least they fear it. And when they stand before their maker, God, he will be nothing but judge to them, and there is no peace in that. But if you are saved, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, the mediator between God and men. And I don't stand there before a holy judge without any representation. Instead, I stand there with my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who stands before the holy righteous judge, who has every right to condemn me to hell because I deserve it. But my lawyer, the Lord Jesus Christ, says I've died for him. And he's received my gift on the cross of salvation by paying his penalty of sin. And I speak for him, and he has my righteousness. And I have his sin debt. Wow. That's why I have peace with God. I'm a sinner, just like all of you. I don't deserve heaven. I'm a human being and I sin probably every week, if not every day. And you know, I don't deserve it. But because of salvation, there's been a peace made and a forgiveness and a gift that can't be taken away. This is the peace on earth. This is an internal peace. Without a doubt, the lack of peace in our world starts right here. At this point, the inside, the heart that's settled and resting on what God's plan is for their life. Look with me in John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. John chapter 14 and verse 27, Jesus said this shortly before he was crucified. At the beginning of the chapter, he said, let not your heart be troubled. At the end here in John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace <clears throat> I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's funny how we are. It's funny how that when we just are so consumed with something we have to have done, with a prayer request we just need answered or something like that. I remember years ago, uh, 25 plus years ago, I remember uh, thinking about how I think I had a a, a mortgage of about $25,000 and I had $2. And I was thinking, I remember saying out loud, if I just had $25,000, all my troubles would be over. Ha, ha, ha. Fun, fun, funny, funny, funny. Funny thing to say. First of all, that's peanuts today. But for someone here, it might not be. For me, it's not something I want to lose tomorrow, that's for sure. But the point is, is that we all have something. And kids, you know, oh, I just want, this is what I want. This is what I want. And within hours of opening it on Christmas Day, It isn't satisfying anymore. Jesus said, I give you a peace, not like the world gives. A lot of people on Friday, Saturday are going to go visit an establishment that sells alcohol. And they're going to try to buy peace in a bottle or a can. That's the kind of peace the world gives. They're going to buy... Uh, drugs and, and, and or something else or they're going to try uh, this partner instead of the old one or they're going to do this or that and they're going to look for something to give them some peace and Jesus said not as the world gives that's not the kind of peace peace I live with you my peace let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid I just was reading yesterday uh, Mrs. McMurtry posted this on Facebook her husband uh, spoke at our camp last summer and um, we know them, and <clears throat> their oldest son is in college in the Chicago area, and one of his coworkers approached him and said, you know, you guys are just different. You and the other guys from the, your church, their college, where you go, you're just different. There's just something different about you. And <clears throat> Tommy Jr. was able to share the gospel with that coworker, and he got saved. Listen, I'm not saying that that always happens that way, but I'm telling you right now, if you're saved, your inside peace ought to show up on the outside. And when it does, let me tell you right now, there are people that are out there saying, I don't have what they've got. Man, they've got more problems than I do, and yet they don't seem to let it bother them. They don't seem to, they've got health issues that I don't have, and yet they're smiling and I can't smile. Peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Peace on earth. This is what we're talking about. Look at chapter 16, John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. That's trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I mentioned $6 a gallon for fuel. I mentioned real estate prices. I mentioned different things. Listen, God knows I have, I'm have. i going through that. God knew about it before I did. God knows about all the tribulations I'm going to have tomorrow that I'm not even aware of yet. God knows what's going to happen. But here's the thing. He's allowing me to go through it for a reason. And so I have a peace that passes all understanding because I know that even during tribulation, my God is there. 
If you've ever read Daniel chapter 3, these three young men got thrown into a fiery furnace for doing the right thing and standing up for God and not bowing. And, And they got thrown into a fiery furnace. But you know what they found out? Jesus was in the furnace with them. And the disciples were in the boat and even the professional fishermen like Peter were absolutely scared to death. But you know what they forgot? He's in the boat with us. And he's walking on the water. Why are we afraid? The Lord helps me to have peace in the midst of the storm. And I don't necessarily wish for more trouble or tribulation. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're saved and you're going through trouble, it could very well be that somebody's seeing it and saying, I want what you got. Because I can't handle the trouble like you seem to be able to handle it peace that passes all understanding obviously then where does this peace come from let's start in second corinthians chapter five second corinthians chapter five i think this is this is just obvious and i've already alluded to it all already but second corinthians five and verse 17 it says therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature all things are passed away Behold, all things are become new. Once you get saved, you are considered to be in Christ. You are in him. That's why God accepts you, because you are in Christ. Then drop down to verse 21. For he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. How do I have peace on earth? How do I have peace on this earth? By my standing that's in Christ. By my salvation. God made Jesus to be sin for me. I already mentioned that earlier. Who knew no sin? So that I could be given the righteousness of God that really is in him. I'm in Christ, therefore I'm considered and counted righteous. And he took my sin and, and bore it on the cross and paid for me upon the cross. And so peace on earth, I'm saved. Romans 8 says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. I cannot be separated from God. I cannot be separated from my salvation. It is a guarantee. Come what may, come how hell or high water, no matter what, I can't lose my salvation. What a peace there is in that. There are times where I, I get afraid just like anyone else probably would and and uh and then i remember but god's in charge there are times when i think oh this looks like an insurmountable wait a minute god knows and he's got me in his hand in his eye he knows exactly where i'm at he knows what's going on i can trust him and there are people that are just popping something every day of their lives trying to get by because they don't have this peace but my standing is in Christ. I don't need anything else. But not only that, you know how there's peace on earth? First of all, in my own heart, in my own life, but then in my world around me. Notice these verses. Verse 18, right there in Second Corinthians five eighteen, And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. We've been reconciled. The debt has been paid and the balances are clean. And notice and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. What's that? 
we have a ministry. Our ministry is to see other people get reconciled. Verse 19, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He was the first soul winner. Not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You know what we're supposed to do? Take the word and help other peoples get reconciled to God. We're supposed to take the word of God, either in a tract or with the Bible or by memory, and we're supposed to let other people know, you can be reconciled to God. I got reconciled to God, and now you can be reconciled to God. And you know what? If more of us Christians would do that, it'd change a lot of the unrest around here. There'd be peace in this world. If you got a problem with your neighbor, you got a problem with a relative, you got a problem with a coworker or your boss, you know what? If they got saved, that'd help. Maybe we need to recognize that that's the problem. They need to get saved. Have I ever witnessed to them? Not, you're going to hell. That's not a very good witness. You don't sound like you really care that they're going to hell. If you ever went to a loved one or a neighbor and said, I just want to apologize to you because here I am fighting and defending myself and I've never told you the good news real clear and real plain with a tear in my eye. That's what he's given us to do. It says in verse 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ to be reconciled to God. We're ambassadors for Christ. That's our job. Yesterday, some of us showed up in the morning and we, we printed off a bunch of flyers for our program tonight. And then we went out and it was kind of like today, sunshiny, but it was a little breezy and it was a little chilly. And I had my ear band over my ears and I had my hood over my, my head and, and I was walking door to door to door to door. And here's what I noticed about Custer. They put the houses far away from each other. That's why we like to go downtown, you know, Pine Street, Canal Street, it's all just, you know. But no, we went to the outskirts and we did lots of walking. And some young man named Bob Adams said, boy, this is more walking than I'm used to. I haven't been walking for a couple of weeks. I've been sick. But we weren't out and we're talking to people. And, and really, all we're doing is stuffing doors. But some people saw us, and they opened the door, and we talked. But we're just stuffing the fire. That's all we're doing. Why? Because our job is to help someone else get reconciled to our maker. That's, that's our calling. That's why we're having a program tonight. with hopes that the gospel can reach somebody. That's, our, that's what we're trying to do. And You know, when your neighbor and you are on the same page following the same Holy Spirit of God, wow, you get a lot more done. Peace on earth. I wish we'd send the gospel to other parts of the world instead of bombs and soldiers. I didn't say money. I didn't say free food. The gospel. We'd spend a lot better investing doing that. Listen, we need to understand that the gospel is the peace that passes all understanding. The good news and the prince of peace, Jesus Christ, he is the prince of peace. Let's work on that. Let's remember that we're ambassadors, that we are to have a ministry of reconciliation. Something about it, when you get saved, all of a sudden there's something in you that says, I've got to tell somebody else. 
There's somebody else that doesn't know. And then I want to show this also. His peace gets deeper and stronger the more you grow spiritually. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. How does our peace get deeper and stronger as we grow spiritually? Through prayer and thanksgiving. Just about three weeks ago, we had our Thanksgiving Eve service, and I mentioned that night, and someone said, Pastor, I agree with you. I I think Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times of the year. You know what happens when you're thankful? When you just stop and give thanks and count your blessings? Settles your heart. It's amazing how satisfied you can be when you just realize how much God's already done. And here's what I've done. I've gone back and I've turned around and looked back at my life and looked at the past. And I've realized how many times God has been so faithful and good and came through and answered that prayer. And I finally come to realize something. You know what I finally realized? I don't deserve one more thing. And so when I pray, it's like, God, I really don't deserve anything else because you've already been so good. But since I'm still breathing, I'm going to ask. It says in verse 6, be careful for, that means be full of care for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And look what happens. The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. You know, you know why people take drugs? Because it blows their mind. Ooh, and they get a high. Guess what? The peace of God passes all understanding. Finally, brother, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. If we'd practice verse 8 more, we'd have a different way of thinking about things. Is it true? Is it honest? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it a good report? That's going to help you grow deeper and stronger. And not only that, but look at Second Peter chapter 1. Not only will that, but also how does our peace grow with our Lord? How do we get stronger in peace? Second Peter chapter number 1 and verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord by an increased knowledge of him. Well, how do I get an increased knowledge of God? Hey, everybody, 2023 is about to start. I hope you got a Bible reading calendar so you can read the Bible every day. I don't have time for that. I'm so busy. No wonder you don't have peace. I have read the Bible many times, and I've gone to Sunday school since I was a kid, but you know what? I, I'm a forgetter. And even though I know the stories, quote, unquote, 
it is such a blessing to be reminded and to hear someone else preach it or teach it or then to read it myself and to be reminded and to remind myself over and over again and let God remind me and to remind, oh, why am I thinking so stupid and so selfish? Why did I do that? That's ridiculous. And to remember God's word says it and I can bank on it. And when you have an increased knowledge of him, it will help you to have a deeper peace. Also, the fruit of the Spirit. It says in Galatians 5, and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, faith, temperance. The Bible gives us the whole, tells us the Holy Spirit of God, once we're saved, dwells within us, and the fruit of the Spirit, one of those things is peace that passes all understanding. And when you're following and walking in the Spirit and not in the lust of the flesh, that fruit starts to multiply and grow. Our friend Bill Smith, we just read the letter. I don't know how many more years Brother Bill's going to do vacation Bible school. I don't know how many more years he'll do it in Custer. But he's been a blessing. And some of you might not know this, but his wife was killed many, many years ago. And he's traveled all these years with his seven children as a widower. And yet, do you ever get the idea that he's not a happy person or that he's just miserable? Let me encourage you to grow deeper and to go deeper with God, the fruit of the Spirit. And then, as I've just alluded to, by remembering his word. Again, John sixteen thirty three. These are the words. Remember what I've spoken unto you. John chapter 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Notice, notice Jesus didn't say, in this world I'm going to make sure you don't have tribulation. Instead he says, in the world you will have, you shall have tribulation. But I've spoken unto you these words because I've overcome the world. And I love Psalm 119 and verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. I read this and it goes with what I'm saying. And so I have it written. It's posted on a sticky note next to my computer screen. Be so confident in God's plan that you don't even get upset anymore when things don't go your way. Why? Because nothing can destroy the fact that I know I'm exactly where God wants me to be. A couple years ago, a year and a half ago, we had some young ladies staying at our home two of them are here today we weren't expecting that but we had some young ladies staying at our home for the whole summer for about five months and of course we still had our own kids at home and we weren't expecting all that and we got all their stuff and all their clothes and laundry and stuff and I'd come home and my house was more of a wreck than I have ever seen it. Can I tell you right now? I was chill. I was just absolutely chill about it. Why? 
because I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing. It's okay. Now today, if I went home and looked like that, I'd be I'd be getting after Josh and Sam. What are you doing? But it was fine. Why? Because I knew we were doing what God wanted us to do. And when you know you're doing it and you know you're where you're supposed to be, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, we're going to die. We're going to drown. Wait a minute. Did he put us in the boat? Yeah, he did. Then why are we afraid? All he's got to do is stand up and go, peace, be still, and boom, it will be. He can handle it. He can walk on it. It'll be okay. Be so confident in God's plan that it doesn't even bother you anymore when things don't go your way because it's still going his way and he's in charge. That's why I think my favorite verse in the Bible is Philippians 1.6. It says, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I don't care what happens tomorrow. I got news for you. God's plan's going to happen. I don't care what the future holds. I got news for you. God's still going to be king and he's still going to be God no matter what. And that is why it says peace on earth. Now, one day we know in the end of the Bible, it tells us he's coming and he will make it peace on earth everywhere. But there's no reason why it can't be right now in you and in me. Years ago, a guy named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, he's a poet, lived in the Civil War era. And in November, just before Christmas time, he learned that his son had been terribly wounded in a war that he didn't even want him to join. Just before that, his wife... I was talking about some with this somebody last week. His wife was doing some kind of something to her hair, and this this is very common back then. We don't think of it because we got so much electricity appliances. We don't think, but in the old days they would use wax and they'd use candles and they'd use things to for you know heating up things. And somehow his wife's hair or dress caught on fire, and it killed her. I mean, in your own home, your wife's on fire and she dies. You get news of your son being mortally wounded in battle. And then that particular Christmas season, he sat down and wrote these words. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and sweet, deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, and a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I feel sorry for people who are only conservative politically because you can't possibly have it your way all the time. I feel sorry for people who are only 
have they have some other motive. It might be a good agenda. It might be something that's noble in itself. But you don't always win. Unless you're a Christian and the agenda is his agenda. And we already won. This morning at about 9.10, we were gathering for prayer and my friend Ernie walked in, sat down next to me and we prayed. And I thought, it's been a, it's been a good year. I don't think Ernie was even saved a year ago or he'd just gotten saved. And here he is sitting next to us. And if you were in the room, it was a blessing to hear him pray. And just last week, someone else got saved. And they're here again today. And and I, I mean, trust me, I, I pay attention to the world and the goings on in the world. I do. But no matter what, and even if there's horrible news tomorrow, I promise you this, it won't change. Peace in here. Because he wins. He always wins. He knows what he's doing. And we might not even know why he does what he does, but maybe he does it just so that a poet could write a wonderful testimony and it's now a song. We don't know. We don't know. One of the greatest hymns in our book is, It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know who wrote that? A man who just lost all of his children and stood outside the ship and stared at the Atlantic Ocean where he knew the bodies of his girls were and said it is well. It's not always well with my emotions or my heart but it's always well with my soul. I'm saved. Are you saved? Do you know Christ is your savior? There's a lot of religious getting togethers on Sundays and it's all just kind of a whoopee, whoopee and they're trying to energize everybody and swing from the chandeliers and run around, whoopee. But man, by Monday, it's like, listen, we're not trying to do that here. We want it inside That's where it's got to be, on the inside. And only he can do that. Let's bow our heads and we'll pray. Before I pray, I want to ask, would there be someone, say, Pastor, I am not sure that I'm saved, but I want to talk to you about it. I want to find out from Scripture and know for sure and have that blessed assurance in my heart peace that passes all understanding young or old young person or older would there be someone say pastor that's me I don't know if I'm saved but I want to talk to you I want to find out about salvation through the word of God anyone with a raised hand anybody at all let's pray Lord we thank you for your word Lord we thank you that we have opportunity not only to hear the good news, but then to be ambassadors, to spread it and share it. That, God, we would desire more than anything to send the gospel around the world. We thank you for the letter from Brother Bill. Lord, help us to recognize the answer to a dark world is the peace and the Prince of Peace. 
Lord, thank you that you are the answer. And in tribulation, you get more done than we can in peacetime because you're the answer. And you allow it to get dark so the light will shine brighter. And you allow tribulation so that people will seek you instead of whatever else. And God, thank you for trouble. In other words, and otherwise Henry Wadsworth Longfellow might not have been pressed upon to write those words. And it is well with my soul, written by Horatio Spafford, with a broken heart, but understanding it is well with our soul. When our loved ones die and go to heaven, we see them again. We know that, and we have a peace that passes all understanding. When the doctor says cancer, we're not overwhelmed with grief because we have a peace that passes all understanding. We know. And Lord, I pray if there's someone here that's not saved, that they would become a born-again Christian, that they would seek you and find salvation. Lord, thank you for peace that passes all understanding. Help us, Lord, to be people who preach the gospel more than anything else we do. That's what we are known for is preaching the gospel. And tonight, Lord, may the gospel be preached. May someone be reached. And we thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. We're dismissed.